Welcome back to the Fireside Knicks podcast. Bryce Gelman and Brett Hamfling back for a change. And today we have a very special guest, Nick Padone of the Big Play and Reflog show. Listen, this is a big time. We got to talk about this upcoming series. Nick is your go-to guy for the Cavs. And Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Yeah, great to be on. Thank you guys for having me. Excited. Definitely excited about this series. Excited to do the show. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, listen, Nick. So I am a pretty optimistic Nick fan. Um, funny, when I was younger, when the Knicks were terrible, I was I was even more optimistic. But I'm pretty optimistic. So it's nice to have you on. Uh, we're willingly inviting enemy territory into our area to, to sort of balance me out, to balance us out. So pleasure to have you. Yeah, yeah. Great being here. And, and likewise, I, I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't expecting to do a New York podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Well, Nick, let's hop right into it because you're obviously a huge Cavs fan. We're huge Knicks fans. What is one thing about this Cavs team that we should know as Knicks fans? I really think it everything's obviously this is going to be very different for Cavs fans too, guys. Like this is a different Cavs team than what people became so accustomed to in the four straight runs to the NBA Finals with LeBron James. I mean. Back then, the first round was a cakewalk. I mean, Atlanta, Detroit, LeBron would sweep his way through the first round every single year. That's not the case this year. You know, there. Although Donovan Mitchell is really good and he is a superstar, the the New York Knicks are the best first round team that the Cavs have played this decade. You know, and that's dating back to when LeBron was here the first time. So even probably more than a decade. Uh, this is going to be a battle. So, but but really, what fans. I think are going to learn really quickly about this Cavs team is how willing they are to defend literally from one through five. The knock on Donovan Mitchell when that uh, defensively, uh, he's completely turned that around in Cleveland. JB Bickerstaff has him bought in as well as Darius Garland bought in some of the, you know, other guys that weren't really known for defense. And then obviously the two bigs, it's such an unorthodox way to play basketball in the year 2023, having Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, those guys play on the floor at the same time together all the time. And that's that's definitely going to be a handful for the Knicks. It's a handful for any team that the Cavs play. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm already kind of not liking you. I do like you, but hearing you talk <laughs> about how easy you had it with LeBron and getting through the first round was never an issue. We weren't making the playoffs any of those years you guys were there. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a different year for you guys, a different type of team. It's definitely a different type of team for us. You know, we had that season two years ago, we made the playoffs, but besides that it was, it's been since mellow in 2013. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a fun series. Um, two young, talented teams. Um, and what I, from my understanding is, and this is kind of a surface level because I watch, you know, when we play you and, and hear when you're on some of the big games. But what I see is you have the two big scorers, Mitchell and Garland. You have the two anchors on defense. And that really is the bulk of this team. So where, what am I missing? What else is going on? What's kind of the third pillar of this team? Yeah, I think some of the national analysts and you just hit on it. You know, I, I think I've heard it said best this way, that the Cavs have the best players in this series, but the Knicks have the deeper and more complete team. And that I think that's what makes for a really good series. Can the superstardom of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland carry the Cavs, so to speak? But I think that third pillar is Evan Mobley. 
Um, he was the he's probably going to finish up the runner up for defensive player of the year behind Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, in my opinion, a little bit of bias. I think Mobley really could have won it. Um, probably will in a future year. But I, Evan Mobley scoring the basketball, I think, is going to surprise some people. Now, obviously, this is his first playoff run, as it's Darius Garland's first playoff run. There's a lot of inexperience on this roster, but I do think Evan Mobley could be a guy, the guy, that really surprises the national audience just because of what he's able to do uh, with the basketball on the scoring side. He's the NBA's leading dunker. He moves and rolls to the rim really nicely. Uh, you, you don't really have to worry about him shooting the three that much in this phase of his career. He can knock it down. He has before, but usually when he pulls up from there, everybody you know kind of winces or cringes at that. But really just his ability in the mid-range game in the fourth quarter, his nickname is EV4 is kind of what the guys call him. And obviously he wears number four, but that's also because in the fourth quarter, he's just a completely different player. And it's only year two for him. Like he is a very, very special talent. And, and I feel like this kind of series, unfortunately for the Knicks, truly is just the beginning of kind of Evan Mobley's rise to, you know, more of a national superstardom. And, you know, Mitchell and Garland, that's kind of your Batman and Robin. But eventually, Cavs fans and Cavs media and the organization alike, they think that eventually Mobley is the Batman. I mean, Mobley is the leader of this whole thing. Well, Nick, you mentioned the contrast between these two teams. How much more different could these teams be if Julius Randle is not on the floor at any given point, because he might not play, he probably won't play game one, considering what Tom Thibodeau has been saying recently. But realistically, he'll be back probably by game three, game four, hopefully by game two. But what do you think that that difference is for the Knicks? I think that's a big difference. And obviously, you know, obviously I'm like, you know, no surprise to you guys. It benefits the Cavs greatly because I get that Mitchell Robinson, you know, one of the best rebounders in the game, He's only a promising piece to to pair with Julius Randle, but I think then the the, the counterpunch of Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. I mean, any any of the Cavs that have size. I mean, Isaac Okoro is a bigger guy. Jetty Osman's a bigger guy that likes to get downhill. It's going to be kind of free reign near the basket. And hell, the elephant in the room is Donovan Mitchell and what he's able to do when he's attacking the basket. So without Julius Randle, it's a completely different series. I get that that means that the game is going to run a lot more through Jalen Brunson. It'll hopefully be Okoro on Brunson, but but same here. You know, Okoro has been dealing with that sore knee. He's one of the best defenders in the league. And uh, if he can't go for game one, it would definitely be a surprise. I think he's going to go. It sounds like there's a lot yeah. of optimism about him going, but yeah, that's going to be the guy that chases around Brunson, especially in a world without, uh, without Randall on the court. Yeah, and I, and I should mention, so the, the actual words Tibbs said today were Julius did parts of practice. I don't exactly. know what parts those were. No one does. Everyone, it's funny, when when there's just like one tidbit of news, every beat writer kind of just retweets the same thing. Are you guys hearing my dog? Yes. All right, yes. I'm, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to let it. Hold on. <laughs> Go ahead. Nick, let's continue. So I, I think, I don't even, I, what are you trying to say is Julius is not going to play. I, I just doubt, you know, there's so much, I don't know, there's not enough transparency from this team. Like, this team will, will come out and say something about someone. Most, you know, most teams are like this. But I think specifically when your head coach is coming out and not giving you a sure answer on whether or not he's going to play, it's not looking good. 
Yeah, I think it's a little gamesmanship too. I mean, I, I seriously wouldn't be surprised. We see this this time of year, you know, and I think the Cavs are preparing for both, truly, you know, because Julius is going to play at some point in this series. I get maybe not game one in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and, and really, guys, too, I, I, I'll continue to stress, that's, that's a big L for New York if Randall can't go because everything – you know, downside that Cavs fans, that the media is saying about this team and, and, a, and a way that the Cavs don't get out of this first round is if just if that inexperience really shows its head. I mean, again, DG, never been there. Allen, never been there. Mobley, never been there. So Randall is a guy that has experience. Randall is a guy that could hurt you in that way and make you forget the things that you thought you knew, make you change your game plan. But if he's not available for game one and the Cavs are able to go up 1-0, that definitely uh, cures a lot of the nerves yeah. and the excitement of a young and experienced team in the postseason. So the funny thing is, it feels like Randall has all this experience. He actually has one playoff appearance. And it was two seasons ago, and we got bounced in the first round from Atlanta. Yep. Then you have Jalen Brunson, who made it to, to the conference finals with Dallas last year. Yeah, yeah, they knocked out Donovan Mitchell's Jazz last year, actually. Yeah. And then, mm -hmm. so you have a couple of guys who were on the team two years ago, that first round exit. But really, the Knicks don't have experience either because, you know, Derrick Rose obviously has the most, but he's not playing. And there's something about a bench leader, but he's not on the not on the court. So Same, same here, like Danny Green, you know, yeah. like good for, <laughs> he's good for vibes, but yeah, he's not going to get in the game. He's a bum. I think Derrick Rose would play significant minutes on your team. I think he'd play at least 15 minutes a game. I think it, it we kinda, had him and he didn't. I, I get that, but you know, you guys traded away most of your depth to get Donovan Mitchell. You still have some solid guys off the bench, but you could still fill a nine, a ten in your rotation. Yeah, I mean, but come playoffs, that doesn't really matter. They're gonna, they're probably gonna roll with seven or eight. I mean, and and you're, you know, outside the starting five, you could throw a Coro in at the starting three. You're probably looking at Ricky Rubio and Karis Levert. Yeah. maybe you get Jetty Osman, who's won an NBA championship and went to a couple straight finals with LeBron James. Maybe you get a Dean Wade in a certain situation or a Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens is a guy that's kind of crazy. Like if you guys, you know, if he gets in a game and it's late and things are scrappy, I, I don't think Bickerstaff goes there, but if he does, I mean, look out. Uh, th that dude's just locked down. He's scrappy. He'll dive on the ground. He's, he reminds me a little bit of when, when the Cavs had Matthew Delvadova a couple years back in, in, in the finals run when he was just on top of the ball. That's yeah. what Stevens is. He calls himself the junkyard dog. He was undrafted. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit of a nut, and uh, I don't think he'll play, but if things get intense and they need him, I mean, they'll, maybe they'll throw him in there, and that's when things get crazy for sure. <laughs> So, Nick, let me ask you sort of a granular technical question. So, you mentioned Okoro probably on Brunson. So, the Knicks likely, let's just say Randall's going to start. It's going to be Brunson, RJ, RJ Grimes, Randall, and Mitch. So, Okoro on Brunson. Um, so, is Mitchell on RJ there? Um, and it, Who's on Randall? Maybe Grimes. Yeah, probably probably Mitchell on Grimes. I, I I think even though he he again, and I said at the beginning, you know, he's he's definitely given a better effort. He's not their best defender, you know. Like that's just so, yeah. sometimes it just comes down to ability. So they'll try to hide him where they can. Obviously, you're going to have Mobley and Allen handle the duty with Randall. Um, like I said, a Coral, you'd hope on Brunson. You know, your best defender on their best score. 
Um, and then, yeah, I could see a world where Donovan and DG, I think Donovan, um, probably on RJ just because of the size DG is small guys. Like he is yeah. legitimately probably five eleven. So I mean, our, I mean, I've covered the team. I'm about five, eight, five, nine with shoes on and Darius is not that tall. I mean, he's five, five eleven might be a little bit of a slight, but six foot six, one for sure. It's about all he, he tops out on. Um, so yeah, definitely just from a size thing, they're not going to want Darius chasing yeah. on RJ. Yeah, no. And then do you think the Cavs would light in Mobley's load and not put him on Randall because he's such a bruiser and it could be a long series? Do you think Allen would start on him or do you think you just throw your best defender on our best you know, offensive player? I, I don't know. I think they switch. I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's as, you know, married. I, I think probably Allen could start, like you said, just, just with that bruising ability. But like I said, come fourth quarter, they lean on Mobley on both sides of the basketball, offensively, defensively. It wouldn't surprise me late in the game, especially with Randall's ability to shoot on the perimeter. That's really where they like Evan because he doesn't get rattled. He keeps his feet. He doesn't, he doesn't do dumb things when he has to progress out to the perimeter. So I think come late game, you know, although Allen might have taken a beating on early, I think they would really trust Mobley to chase him around late in the game. I mean, I th- if Randall's not playing, Mobley's going to have a field day. Just uh, offensively and defensively. Who's the matchup there? It's not Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin cannot do anything against Evan Mobley. And vice versa, Evan Mobley will absolutely destroy him on the, on the offensive end. And then you go into looking at whether or not the Knicks are going to start playing two centers, which has not happened all year. Probably won't happen again. So, it's, yeah, it, it, just, it, it shows you how important Julius Randall coming back is. Even if he isn't going to do a great job on defense against Mobley, but the question remains of whether or not the Knicks could actually win a game or two without Julius Randle in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I the way I'm looking at it is so the first game is Saturday and there's two days off. Yeah, I think that I think, benefits New York. I think yeah. there's a chance he sits out Saturday and then there will be a very likely chance he plays Tuesday. He battled through injuries this whole year. If he's already doing things in practice on an ankle, it, it, it means something. Um, so I. Listen, I, I don't think it's worth talking too much about Julius Randle missing most of the series. I mean, Obi yeah. Toppin, while he had a really nice game stretch without Randle at the end of the season, ironically, which he's done his whole career, um, it's not someone that you want to rely on in the playoffs. Well, Brett, someone- let, wait, Brett, let's look back at two weeks ago when Knicks beat the Cavs 130 to 116. Julius Randle was not in that game. So, uh, listen, it's not – if he's back, it's it's great, but – Let's not completely count out the next year because that was a pretty good game for us. Well, neither was Jared Allen. He was also out there. Uh, yeah. If you compare the two, Jared Allen, yes, great big man defensively, but what is he really bringing you? On? I mean, listen, he's, I'm not, I'm not going to come out and say he's anything like Mitchell Robinson offensively, but that's not your number one, number two, number three, or even number four score. I will say the Mitchell the Mitchell Robinson factor is very interesting to me because the Cavs really don't because they have so much invested um, both cap wise with Jared Allen and his contract a hundred million dollar player and then Evan Mobley with being the number three overall pick they don't have a backup center I mean it's Robin Lopez and he he's there for vibes uh, he's he's not going to play I mean even <laughs> in vibes. Blowouts, Nick, Nick Legend good yeah, vibes Nick Legend. Yeah. Very good vibes. He hates mascots, which is super fun. Um, like funny. big Disney yeah. guy, which is super fun. But not not going to play in this series for sure. So, 
Well, good thing the Knicks don't have a mascot um, that he yeah. can't yank their tail or anything. Um, so do they do they pretty much always keep one of them in, and then you'll go like a little smaller with Chetty or or Dean Wade or? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, and again, we'll ha- we'll have to see what this playoff rotation looks like. I I think JB also did a really good job. You mentioned that last time. Over the Cavs Knicks, he gave New York nothing. I mean, because Stevens got minutes in that game, Jetty got minutes, Raul Neto got minutes in that game. Like he gave New York nothing as to what a rotation <laughs> is actually going to look like. But so it, it's kind of tough for us in the media, us as fans too, to to try to pick that apart. Um, of what that will look like. It's it's oftentimes Dean Wade when they're both on the bench because that is kind of the the diet Kevin Love, if you will. Well, well that's what was so weird about dumping Kevin Love, I thought. Like, w- whether or not you were using him at the time, it's like he's someone you could play in a playoff game. And, you know, if one of your, your good bids got hurt, it was someone you want. So what was that? It was just, it was, it was you know, he did, did right by us for all these years. We're going to do right by him. Uh, a little bit. I mean, Kevin Love's depart from Cleveland was poetic in a way it encapsulated his whole time here where it was confusing. There was trade rumors. There was always some sort of rift with Kevin Love for nearly the decade that he was in Cleveland. So the way that it ended so strangely and the fact that we still don't have answers is kind of perfect. It's kind of the only way that Kevin Love could have left Cleveland is the same way that he got here, you know, controversially in, in a trade blockbuster style with the number one overall pick in Andrew Wiggins. So to, to my understanding of it, it was that Kevin Love wanted to play. The Cavs didn't have a role for him. They, they also knew that a playoff rotation role for him wasn't in the cards. Kevin Love wants another contract after this season. Clearly not going to happen in Cleveland. I mean, just way too crowded. They just extended Dean Dean Wade. So it was kind of just like, all right, you know, we'll kind of, we'll buy you out. We'll set you free and go do whatever you, you can do. And at the time there was people that were nervous, you know, maybe the first round matchup was going to be the heat. You're going to have to play Kevin Love in the heat. For whatever reason, and Kevin Love had battled, serious battles, uh, some more than others, a ton of injuries when he was here in Cleveland. But it feels like whatever happened with this hand injury, it's really set him back. I mean, he's not the same player that he was even now with the Heat. Like, he's he's kind of washed. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy to see, and it's kind of sad to see because he almost won sixth man of the year last year. Just a really steep fall off, and I think it all it all really started with that hand injury. All right, Nick, let's, let's round this one off by going back and forth here. All right, what is your prediction? For this series, which team wins? Hey, remove all the biases. The biases were left behind at the front door. You're coming onto this podcast. You're going to give us our your unbiased opinion. Who do you think wins this, and in how many games? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good series. I've been telling everyone, you know, that this people because people in Cleveland, people in New York, right? They have that thing. You go back and forth. You know, we just saw it in the baseball playoffs with Guardians, Yankees. Um, you know, the Yankees got the better half there, but it, it's a thing. It's like a it's a rivalry. 
I don't think it is as much to you guys in New York, but it is to Cleveland because we're a small market. You know, we hate you guys. We hate the big market team. You have all the money. You have all the stars. You know, you have Spike Lee that's going to be courtside. Who do we have? MGK. You know, so there's a lot of people saying, you know, Cavs, Cavs sweep, Cavs in four, that kind of thing. But the, the Knicks are a good team, and I think really what scares me about them is that depth, um, you know, that they have Mitchell Robinson, the league's best offensive rebounder, despite that size that the Cavs have late in games, they're not a great rebounding basketball team. That's that's a point where they struggle. So if Mitchell Robinson starts eating that offensive glass and creating second opportunities for guys like Brunson, guys like Randall, that could be big, big, big trouble for the Cavs, especially late in games. But I think with all that said, the Cavs have the best player in the series in Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs have the player that New York so publicly wanted all summer and chased. He's a New York kid. They and said chased, they were going to trade for him. They said they were going to bring him home. Yeah. And then they, hey, they, thankfully, they didn't. Thankfully. <laughs> I, I, it all I, I fell apart. I don't know if it's that simple, Bryce. It's uh, No. What it, 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 that package? Uh-uh. Not happening. After what? Listen. It's because of what Danny Ainge got. I don't mean to, you know, to, to go off topic this much. It's because of what Danny Ainge got from the Timberwolves. Six, basically six first round picks that ended it right there. And of course, there's always a Knicks tax. They, they think the Knicks are still a stupid front office and they're a stupidly run team. They're going to get all these incredibly young and incredibly high potential players for nothing. That's listen, not happening. Listen, not happening. It, worked out, it worked out this year, but, but it did. What Nick yeah. is saying as Donovan Mitchell takes your ceiling to a level that is higher than, probably than what the Knicks have right now. And the Knicks had a great year, and I'm excited for the series. And Bryce is shaking his head, but well, with three and, young players and five first round picks, well, well, there's sure we win more games this year. Congratulations, right? We won five more games. But look, five years down the line, that would have been one of the worst trades in Nick history, just based off the luck that we have. You know it. It's no, Brett. I, I, we don't need any, but if the RJ package, I think would have been a better package than the quickly Grimes package. Yeah. But yeah. Um, either way, it adds to excitement to the series. It's it does. As Nick says, we, we were chasing him, and he and he's from New York or or New Jersey, and he's a Mets fan, and he thought he was coming here. Either way, whether it was a good or bad move, it adds to this whole flavor, and stuff's going to happen, and there's going to be chance for Madison Square Garden. I don't know if there'd be quite as as you know, aggressive as the Trey Young chance were, no. but stuff's gonna happen. The thing with these series is, like, I don't have, I don't hate the Cavs right now. They're a fine team. I think they're kind of fun. The thing with these series is, they're longer than you think. And by yep. game three, this starts creeping. It's by like, I fucking hate Chetty Osman. Like, I hate this. <laughs> like right now, I have no ill feelings, but like things just creep. And you guys, you probably won't like Julius Randall and you know Quinn and Grimes. You probably you'll probably hate quickly because he's a dog. Yeah, quickly's um, good. Do you guys recognize how good Quickly has been this season? Like, oh yeah, he's outside? really good. I, I mean, I was hip to Quickly during his rookie year. I, I'm a huge basketball fan. You know, I follow the league pretty closely. So yeah, I, I don't think Cleveland as a whole really understands how good he is. And same with Quentin Grimes for that for that um, matter. But yeah, I, I think people are going to find out really quickly. But um, back to the back to the prediction. I, I that's what makes me think Cavs in six. Um, just because the home court advantage is also huge. Um, having you know, get, for the lack of experience, I really think having that home court advantage in Cleveland will help them a lot. They played so much better in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse all year than anywhere else in the league. I mean, 
when they went to Orlando and lost, it was like, what are we doing, guys? But then, you know, they they blow out some of the league's best teams here in Cleveland. They beat uh, the Bucks with Giannis in Cleveland. I mean, they were just a completely different team at home. So I think having that home court advantage, having Donovan Mitchell, that's what uh, makes me think Cavs and six. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be close. And I think a lot of these national guys have it right. It's probably the only series worth watching in the Eastern Conference in the first round. Brett, you want to take it? Well said. You know, yeah, pretty well said. Um, it's going to be a good series. The Julius Randle thing, we don't have to rehash, but it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 not just if he plays. Like, the Julius Randle, we've seen sometimes this season, especially in the first quarter. If if we can get a Randle Brunson quickly, all having good series, I think that's a really tough team to beat. I think that's a really good big three because you have these role players in Quinn Grimes and Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hardenstein. And Josh Hart, who's just been incredibly solid all season. Um, you know, call it a homer pick. I got Knicks in seven. Okay. Okay. Coming to Cleveland and winning the last one here. I like Knicks, it. So I just looked up yeah. while, you're, while you're talking. The Knicks were 24 and 17 on the road this season. Uh, one good game at, at home. They were a good road team. Definitely home, you still want home, uh, home court advantage. Definitely in the playoffs. But for whatever reason, the Knicks got up for the road games. Yeah. I feel like the series could easily go both ways. But the one thing you mentioned to me that stuck out is the fact that the Cavs might have a seven to eight man rotation. And trust me, I, Brett and I understand very well what it's like to have a very thin rotation. Tom Thibodeau is a stickler for giving his guys 40 minutes a game. Yeah. And yeah, I just think that in a long series, in a long hard fought series, in a physical series, which this is primed to be, the Knicks have the advantage with the depth. They've got 10 guys who can come in and immediately contribute with two guys off the bench that don't play that still could be solid. I think that if you have Julius Randle for, from games two to however long the series goes, I think it adds to whether or not I think the Knicks are going to win. But I think if you get Randle back, the Knicks will win the series. And I do think that they get him back for game two. I'm going to go Knicks in six. I think the Knicks do play well. They do play well in Cleveland. I think also Donovan Mitchell plays extremely well in New York. He feels some level of comfort. I understand why. The stars shine brightest at Madison Square Garden, but it will not be enough because I think that this is the Knicks year. I'm going to come out. And Brett, you said seven games. I'm usually the negative one. I'm the pessimistic one. Knicks in six. Book it. Nick. If, I'm Nick, sorry. You, I was a little homer pick. That's unbiased. No. Nick, if, if, if you saw Bryce, let's say, back in like November, December, like November, no, October, you would be the cracking up. The show after we did, after <laughs> Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cavs. That was it. No, but, but I'm saying like November to December, blow it up. Get ready that one. And I was I was closer. I never but said that. The thing, things I, have I turned around. Bryce, I'll let you – Nick, we'll give you the last word if you want to plug your shows or anything. Yeah, definitely. Go check us out. You know, the Big Play Network. Um, we got a ton of shows. I'm on Big Play Reflog is every Monday night at 9. We just started the show with Cavs legend Booby Gibson, uh, Game 6 icon for like the Cavs. Booby is absolutely electric. Like, as good as he was a shooter in Cleveland, he is awesome on camera with the microphone. Um, so a lot of good stuff uh, for basketball fans on the Big Play Network. Check us out. I'll be uh, hopefully in New York for this series with Typico Sportsbook. They're our betting partner in Ohio. So if you guys are in Ohio, 
download that sports book with code big play. When you do, you get all kinds of bet credits and stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to bring me down there to do a bunch of stuff with Cleveland fans at some Cleveland bars and then with Nick fans, you know, at MSG in front of the stadium, that whole thing. So it's going to be a great series. I think this is obviously two of the greatest sports towns in the world. So when, whenever these two organizations play in in any city and any sport, it's always a good time. So thanks for having me, guys. Nick, one more thing before Bryce gets us out. Power rank the, the Cleveland teams that people care about uh, with Cavs, Indians, Browns. Is there uh, Indians? It's, it's the hard. Indians? Sorry, <laughs> is there is it's, there a hockey team? No. It, no, we have a we're the we have the minor league team for the Blue Jackets uh, is here the Cleveland Monsters and and those games are actually fun they play in they play at the Fieldhouse too where the Cavs play uh, those are a lot of fun but uh, I don't know it, it's different for everybody you know there there's people that are diehard Cavs uh, really it's a Brownstown the the, the yeah. you know city just bleeds brown and orange they've been bad for so long my whole life. And, you know, the, the games are all still sold out. You know, the people, the, the first game of the year, the tailgates start 2 a.m., 3 a.m. People will be packing the Muni lot. I mean, it is just a serious, almost like a college football atmosphere in Cleveland when the Browns play. And then when, whenever the Cavs are good and the Guardians are good, people are all about them. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw just being in New York last year during those playoffs, you know, with the yeah. with the Rays first and then the Yankees. It was crazy, and people were all about it. Even though some people were kind of off the wagon with the name change, a lot of people didn't like it, this, that, and the other thing. People, t- you know, turned out. Those games were sold out. So definitely a Brownstown with, with Cavs and Guardians, kind of two and three in whichever way you have it. Well, Nick, we appreciate you coming on to the show. The last thing I got to say for you is good luck. And hopefully you guys can give us a good series and hopefully we can give you guys a good series. But for Brett, I'm Bryce saying goodbye here from Fireside Knicks. See you guys.